1: By the way,
2: you can't wait to ask God for forgiveness until you feel like it. Because you'll never feel like it. You have to do it because God commands us. By the way, real forgiveness, why do I ask God first? Because real forgiveness starts with God. And then when I'm forgiven from God, He promises to give me the strength ask this person to forgive.
0: Anger and hurt are such strong emotions, people can and do commit horrible crimes driven by those two feelings. When someone does you wrong, the last thing you want to do is to give up the right to hurt them back, which is what forgiveness is. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the power of anger, which is a twin to the desire to murder. You'll find out about why God said not to murder, why the road that ends at murder starts with anger and hurt, and how to let God help you to forgive. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he continues his message, Respect Life, No Anger.
2: Linda and I had the privilege to uh, minister in the fusion group, which is the, Pastor Bo heads that up, 20 to 30-year-old. If you haven't ever gone to it, Sunday night, 6.05, just go back. You'll love it. A couple hundred kids get together, 20 to 30, college, career, whatever. It's a great time. Well, they'd given us 24 questions. So Linda and I sat down, and we went through Scripture and tried to come up with all the answers. One of the questions was from a young man, and he said this. I was dating an individual. It's over now, and I've got hurt. How do I get over the hurt? What should I do? He said, I'm actually much more comfortable now not being around people. Well, how do we answer that? Well, we turn to the Bible. All through the New Testament, we have this term, one another. You see, you weren't created to live by yourself. This young man want to go to a little island by himself, a year's worth of food, and just sit there in a little hut. How miserable. So we shared with him that you have to learn to forgive and then move on in life. That's real life. Anybody in this room been hurt by another person? Let me see your hand. Good. You say, well, Pastor Mark, if I move on then, will I get hurt again? Say, yes. How do you know that? Real life. So they can't be avoided. You can't put yourself into a little shell and don't be around people. That'll hurt you worse than the rest. So what do we do? Well, we have to learn to handle the hurts. I was raised in a pastor's home. Very often, pastors' children never serve God because they see all the hurt that goes on. I never thought I'd be a pastor, but my grandpa was, my dad was. Oh, I saw all kinds of hurts, hurts you wouldn't even mention. You wouldn't even want to think about the people caused my parents. And of course, my parents weren't perfect. They caused people hurt. But I watched my mom and dad live positively, not be critical, not be negative. That's why I'm in the ministry today. I know I'm going to be hurt. I've been hurt. Our kids have been hurt. I've hurt you. You'll hurt me. But over all of that, God's good. And we can move on from that kind of stuff that happens. So I have to learn to deal with it. Don't be unrealistic. Life has hurts. How can we deal with it? How can we take this anger that happens in us and this hatred and not let it go down this path? Hmm. Proverbs twenty nine twenty two says, An angry man stirs up dissension, and hot tempered one commits many sins. You and I have been there, all of a sudden this emotion explodes. That's exactly what happened, these three things we just talked about. It can lead to violence, hurtful words, unjust criticism, unforgiveness, and yes, murder. You've watched the news. This is so classic. And the reporter will go to a neighbor of the person that just killed all kinds of people. And say, what kind of man was this? Or what kind of woman? I'm shocked. We lived next to him for eight years and they're good people. He's a good dad? I don't know what happened. You hear that over and over again. Now, two things. If we're going to learn how to handle it, Number one, anger can be centered on circumstance. So it can be a circumstance that makes me angry. Not a person, a circumstance. What kind of circumstances could make us angry today? Let me give you some examples. The economy, loss of a job. You have a retirement fund and you were planning to retire. Now you can't. You go to the hospital. The doctor says, here's the treatment. It will cure you. And your hospital plan says, we will not pay for the treatment. See, this is the real world we live in. By the way, the young man, 40 years old, that killed the 13 people, you know what the thing was? He didn't know those people. He was angry because he had been fired from work. That led him to kill 13 people he didn't know. You see, it just exploded. Now, what about a Christian? We've already said bad things are going to happen to us. That's just the way it is. In this life, you will have trouble. You're going to get hurt. I'm going to get hurt. So when these circumstances go out of my control, the economy, loss of a house, retirement, all this financial stuff, diseases, can't, why do bad things happen to good people, all this guy. When that happens, I have to go back to two or three things. One, God's a good God. Number two, God has a plan for my life, and he will work out the junk in my life. Romans eight twenty eight. eventually, eventually. All things will work together for good. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm just simply going to trust in the sovereignty of God and not get angry at circumstances, which won't help me anyway. Number two, anger is most often centered on people. Myself, my spouse, children, my boss, life in general, Do you know here in Sebastian and Melbourne and Vieira, some of you in this room, on these campuses, you're angry at a person. His name is God. You're angry because your mother died at a young age. Your child has cancer. This situation and that situation, and you blame God. Let me clear that one up. God never causes any of this. Satan is the one that causes this. In the Garden of Eden, the reason it was called the Garden of Eden, because it was perfect. There was no sin, no death, no sickness. Don't be angry at God. Be angry at the one who causes all this stuff. That's Satan. So what is God's angry management program? Does he have some things to help us? Yes, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. I'm going to give you four keys this morning to write. Four keys. Notice this is a commandment from the Apostle Paul. He knew what life was like. Paul had been hurt. He'd hurt others. In verse 31, Paul says this. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. What does it mean to get rid of? It means to get rid of. Well, Pastor Michael, how can I do that? God never asks us to do something that we cannot do in his power. We need to simply surrender our lives to the power of God. Don't play games with God. So the first key is this. Admit the problem of anger or hate. Admit it. Don't play games. Paul says to these people, hey, get rid of this. Why does he say that? Because he knows the people he's talking to have it. And they need to admit it. You and I will never be cured of issues until we admit it. You can't play games with God. He knows my heart. Now, I came across this statement this week. I'm going to teach it later. It's huge. I love it. Write it down. Whatever is in the well comes up with the bucket. Now that preaches, doesn't it? How do I know that's a spiritual principle? This Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, if you have these kind of things down inside, it will find its way out. When the circumstances are arranged, that bucket will come up. If you know what's in there, admit it. Number two, after I admit it, I ask God for his help. And then I rely on his power. Now, why do I say that? Well, apart from God... Our hearts are beyond human cure. You see, I can't really go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist and have my heart solved. They may give me some scripture if they happen to be a believer. That's good. But the only one that can cure me is the guy who can cure my heart. And who is that guy? Almighty God. Only God can cure your heart. Man can't. Well, Pastor Mark, where is God? Philippians 2.13 says this, For God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Only God, the Almighty, can change my heart. By the way, he will. Number three. Want to admit it and then ask for help. I have a role. I need to first ask forgiveness from God. And then from man or the persons, if they're involved. Now, why should I forgive? Well, because God commands us to forgive. Mark eleven twenty-five. when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Now, understand this. Anger, hatred, bitterness, unforgiveness in our lives affects us spiritually, physically, and emotionally. There was a study done recently, true study, at a university on the West Coast. And they looked at this study group of people who had unforgiveness, bitterness, whatever. And when they got rid of it, they looked at the outcome of them being forgiven. And getting over this. They found less stress, better outlook on life, more energy. In other words, when they got rid of the unforgiveness, their physical life just totally changed. Well, that shouldn't surprise us. They found one thing that was surprising also at the end of this. These people who chose to forgive over the next two months as a whole lost on the average of 60 pounds. No, I just threw that in just to see how you would be doing. Because I know what some of you are doing. Praise God, I'll forgive. Is that the answer? No more Weight Watchers? Praise God. No, that's just me talking. <laughs> gotcha, didn't I? I'm glad I came to church. Praise God. No more curves. All right. No. No. But the truth is there. Do you know how many of us are miserable in spirit, in our emotions, in physically? Because of this? You don't even want to know. God knew. By the way, you can't wait to ask God for forgiveness until you feel like it. Because you'll never feel like it. You have to do it. Because God commands us. By the way, real forgiveness, why do I ask God first? Because real forgiveness starts with God. And then when I'm forgiven from God, he promises to give me the strength to ask this person to forgive. When do I deal with the hurt? When do I admit that I have this anger and hatred from this circumstance When do I do that? Well, in Ephesians chapter 4, go down to verse 26. Notice what Paul says In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And watch this one do not give the devil a foothold. You see, the time to make things right is always now. Very often, tomorrow's too late. We are not to allow bitterness and anger and hatred or any other sin to keep us separated from God and other people. You see, during the night, anger, hatred, bitterness grow. They just grow. We've all learned this. When God would speak to us about asking forgiveness from an individual, and we refused to do it, by the time... It could be days, weeks, months, or years. When we finally got around to doing it, it was way harder than it was day one. In the meantime, my whole spiritual life was affected. My physical life was affected. My relations with people were affected. My emotions were affected. Why? I simply refuse to understand this. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. You see, if we don't deal with our anger quickly, Satan wins. He will take us down all kinds of paths and get us away from doing and being right. Notice, don't give Satan a foothold. Why? Deal with that anger. Deal with it. Or why shouldn't I give Satan a foothold? Say it with me together. Satan's goal is to steal. Kill and destroy. He's not after good. Now, he'll say to you, well, it really wasn't your fault, Pastor Mark, and the other person's really wrong. He'll lie to it. He's a liar. If God brings it to our mind, we simply need to deal with it. Years ago, I wrote a book called Prison Break. All the prophets go to missions, not only goes to me. I don't have time to get into it, but here's a couple things you need to think. Forgiveness and trust are two different things. Forgiveness and trust are two different things. I can forgive a person. I don't have to be best friends with them. There's a lot of things that you need to understand that we don't understand. For instance, let me give you a quick one. Adultery. When I deal with a couple that uh, there's been an adultery in the marriage, the, the hurt person must forgive. But the hurt person will not trust that spouse right away. Trust will have to be earned. Understand, there's differences. Forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. So get the book if you don't understand all those. Here's number four. Live in forgiveness and freedom. After I've done all this, I need to live in forgiveness and freedom. Now why? Why do I say live? Will I be hurt again? Yes. So the principles that I've learned, I will have to apply again. Will I hurt people again? Yes. And when they ask forgiveness, or I have to say to them, I'm really the one, I need to go by these principles. Ephesians 4.32, look at it. It's right in front of you. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, here's the goal. Pastor Mark, they don't deserve to be forgiven. Look what they did to me. You're probably right. But look at this verse. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Do you deserve to be forgiven? Absolutely not. I wasn't a good person. You weren't a good person. We couldn't have been good enough. I didn't deserve it. But God in his love forgave me. So turn around is fair play. That's what I do. Once we forgive... I'm free, free to enjoy life again, free from the prison of hate and anger and unforgiveness. I have to obey God so that God will bless me. You can't play with that. Jesus is our role model for how to handle hurts of life. You remember when Jesus began with his disciples, he spent three and a half years with them poured his life into these 12, let alone the religious people that hurt him and all the other people. Remember when Jesus said something one time, he said, you're going to have to do this, you're going to have to lay down your life and you're going to have to follow me. It says all the people that were following him left. They went, forget it. That hurt. But it was worse when his 12... Then one day, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He says, I'm going to the cross. They didn't get it. In the background, they're talking like this. Who's going to be first? Who's going to be on the right? Who's going to be on the left? And heard Jesus. On the night that he was betrayed, one of the 12 came and kiss, kissed him on a cheek. What's a kiss on a cheek? Instantly, the enemy came and took him away. Now, you talk about hurt. That's hurt. Then he went to this cross, and on the cross, he gave us the perfect role model. As he looked down, you know the words, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Would you be able to say that? Now, without God's help, not a chance. The people that have just put me up there, beat me, absolutely lied about me. All those people there gloating, and he says to them, "Father, forgive them." That's the God we serve. That's the lifestyle Jesus wants for you and me. Too hard? Mm-mm. Just obey in His power. In his strength. By the way, you know who he was forgiving? He was forgiving all the people, but specifically the Romans and the Jewish leaders, because the Jewish leaders who religiously kept the Ten Commandments had broken. Commandment number six: "Thou shall not murder." The very commandment they were proud about. As Jesus died, they murdered him. But don't look at the Jewish people. I murdered him. But bottom line, Jesus gave his life willingly. He could have stepped off that cross and got revenge instantly legions of angels that he laid down his life for you and for me so that i could relate to a loving god but even more i could relate to people that are around me in the church and a neighbor in your neighborhood that's filled up to hear and who knows what he or she will do god help us to go to those people
0: Today, Pastor Mark taught about hurts. You heard how hurts can develop into bitterness and anger. You were told that anger is like murder in the heart, which is why Jesus condemned anger. Pastor Mark told you about how to handle it when other people let you down or do you wrong. You were reminded that there's a spiritual aspect to anger too. Satan wants you angry. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This finishes Pastor Mark's message, Respect Life, No Anger. Next time, he'll begin his teaching, Sexual Purity, where he'll be talking about God's command against adultery. You'll hear about God's original intent for sex and when and where sex should be taking place. You'll be reminded that God invented sex and has wonderful intentions for it. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel Melbourne
1: in a